Sports Fellas Podcast, and today, along with my co-host, Eric, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Good to be back with you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and along with our 11th guest, Jordan, how are you, my brother? Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I've been hearing about this for a while. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to get into this with you guys. Yes, sir. Appreciate sure. that. So, the topics that we have for today are Game 17, um, the Deshaun Watson situation and the concept of rebuilding. So obviously, when we woke up today, we saw that the NFL was deciding to add a game 17. Now, Jordan, since you're our guest today, um, when you saw the notification from Adam or Ian or whoever the hell you got it from, what was your first initial thought? Uh, mine was from Adam. So okay. my okay. problem, my initial reaction was a little bit of, sadness and a little bit of excitement at the same time simultaneously um i know eric is gonna uh, be sad at this because he doesn't know but i'm a cowboys fan ah there we go yep so an extra game for the season right now i i feel a little bit iffy about it because there are times where it's like you never know if you reach week 17 and it's like oh we would have clinched this if we had a 16 game regular season like normal that's but now all of a sudden football team or the Eagles or the Giants have a chance of, you know, winning and, and they have a chance of getting into the playoffs. So it's that little thing. But at the same time, it's also like, what if I was on that side as well, where it's like, we also have a chance now and that extra game gives us a chance. So initially, like my first reaction was a little bit of disappointment, but um, ultimately I'm excited. I think after further, like, thinking about it i'm really excited to have uh an extra game in the regular season as a football fan as a whole um it also gives us more free football which i mean yeah. I, don't think, I don't think anybody's complaining about that any football fan is not complaining you know extra football um but i'm ready to see what what it's gonna bring and we'll see if it's gonna you know be better for both of, uh, for all of us you know okay eric what are your thoughts on this bro um, my first reaction was just kind of like, why? Like, I, I, I saw the whole thing that the players like narrowly agreed to it because there's also going to be higher salaries and all the other benefits that come with it. So even the players, it was like, um, apparently it was nearly 50, 50, but even the players kind of agreed to it. But I think my main thing is just, it feels a little unnecessary. I, I don't know. And also this might be kind of a dumb reason. I feel like just an odd number of games is so weird. Like I'm used to 16 to even in NBA, we have 82 an even number MLB 162 even number. And now we're just gonna have 17, which is just weird to me, but I don't know. Um, like Jordan said though, it is more football and I'm never going to really complain about more football because NFL is one of those things where you could put on the Panthers versus Jets and I'll sit there and watch it. Like no, I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but I'm just gonna sit there and watch it no matter what because I just enjoy NFL that much. It's probably my favorite sport overall to watch, and football season is my favorite time of the year. But for I'm just confused. How are they even doing? Because I know how they usually do the scheduling is six playoff or six division games, then you play like a whole AFC division, a whole NFC division, and then you play the other two 
AFC teams that were ranked the same spot in your division. What's the 17th team going to be each season? Like, how are they planning to do that? I mean, I didn't read too much into it. It's just, it's just like, like you said, the odd number thing is so weird. And like all the NFL mm-hmm. records that mm-hmm. we know of are in a 16 game span. So now a lot of people yeah. like to play the, the hypothetical game. They're going to be like, oh, what if player A had 17 games in a regular season? What if player B had 17 games in a regular season? So I feel like as we get older and we see, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as we see 17 game seasons, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, this record doesn't count because he didn't do it in 16 games or this record doesn't really mean much because it took 17 games. So I think that's the one like downside yeah. of it. Um, obviously, me personally, like um, I know football, but like not a lot to like break it down and like analyze it and stuff. So like I'm always excited to learn more about like all lines, D lines, safeties and stuff. What makes safety A better than yeah. safety B? what makes wide receiver a better than wide receiver B. So I just see it as like an asset to continue to learn. Cause like football is like a beautiful sport, you know? So outside of the MLB playoffs and obviously with respect to hockey, I feel like the NFL playoffs are like so good because it's like, it's much, it's much, it's must watch TV and you don't move from the sofa spot unless you're going to get like wings, a drink or a beer <laughs> um, or anything yeah. else. So I feel like it's good for me because it, it allows me to learn but for the players, it's just like we see all these cases of CTE. So, like, adding another game, does it really help? Does money really buy, like, that much happiness of playing an additional game? You know what I'm saying? But overall, I like it. Just that the odd record, like you said, is going to be ugly as hell. And, like, it's going to be weird. Um, yeah, like a 9-8 and eight season. That just yeah, that just yeah. sounds ugly. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or someone like going, that. like, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, like, who's going to be the first yeah, team? Yeah, I, I, I think the one good thing they did do, though, is they uh, made it to where there's only three preseason games now instead of yeah. four. I think that's something they needed to do. And it makes sense. I mean, you just replace a preseason one with that. Yeah, because everyone watches preseason and forms conclusions. Big facts. Yeah. Oh, I was mean to ask you real quick, Andres. Okay. How are you feeling about those uh, Dolphins trades in the draft, moving from the third pick? He's Listen, man, it's – it's um, <laughs> business is business. You know what I'm saying? And um, whoever traded us, the Texans first rounder, um, was a great team. You know what I'm saying? Um I'm, I'm sorry. I, I had to, bro. I had to for the one time. I apologize. Um, uh, that's another thing. I'm not, I'm, that's the only, another reason I'm upset about 17 games is that's just one more game. I'm going to have to watch this team play because it's, it's just painful every week. I, without Deshaun, I won't be surprised if we win, if we go three and 14, which sounds ugly. Like I Brock said, but... coming back. No, but on a serious note, when I saw them trade yeah. to 12, I was like, Oh shit. We have two first rounders. Um, this year, next year, and the following year, then we traded up again, um, back to six. So, in my humble and non-biased opinion, Jordan here at the Sports Fellows Podcast, we don't like to be biased. We are, we're very objective. You know what I'm saying? I'm so, not biased. I'm not that biased. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not biased. <laughs> so I feel like the first four picks are going to be QBs. It's going to be either mm-hmm. Lawrence Wilson. Fields or Lance, and then whoever gets um, Fields, the other team is going to get Lance, either the Niners or the Falcons. At five, I could see the Bengals drafting a weapon for Burrow, but I can also see them drafting um, Sewell from Oregon. And then at six, I mean, it's literally uh, it's a deck of cards, and we get to choose one out of the pack. Could be Waddle, could be Chase, could be Devontae Smith. All I know is the, um, the Dolphins did that move with intentions to still get their guy at six. So... Um, obviously, I'm I'm torn that we're not getting the O line because he's he's a he's a very special athlete. He's a very special player. I don't know if you saw that picture of him in the gym the other day, 
But overall, I'm very excited. Are you talking about? Are you talking about Penesul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could still be available at six, honestly. Like, there's still a chance because For if sure. the first four are QBs, which it probably will be, I mean, I, I have a feeling that it's probably going to go Trevor Lawrence, then Zach Wilson, then Justin Fields, and then I don't know who the Falcons are going to Mac Jones. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 I'm kidding. Bro, mm-hmm. I've seen so many people hyping him up. I don't know if he's going for it, but I, from a little bit I watched, I don't think that's the move. But He did okay he, in his pro day, but he's yeah, definitely he, not top four. No, I don't think – that's that, my main thing. Like, he's good, but he's not that good. Bro, I don't think. Yeah. But then the Bengals, they just need offensive help. Like, they need some type of weapon. So, they could go Sewell, but then they could go Waddle, Chase. Chase. They Waddle. could go – they could. I, I've seen a lot of people saying Pitts could go higher than some mock drafts are saying. So who yeah, knows and a lot of people go. are saying that Pitts um, got his reputation from Kyle Trask. I don't know how, how true that may be, but that's what, like, a lot of mm-hmm. analysts, quote-unquote, were on Twitter were saying. Yeah. But overall, I, I don't know. The, the draft is just hard to judge, really, because it never goes how anyone really expects, it seems like. There's always, like, one random exciting, pick, though. and then everything after that just falls apart. I feel like – um, I remember you and I were having this conversation that the NBA draft is like so predictable, whereas the NFL, you can get someone in like the sixth round and you're still cooking. Yeah, like that's that's why I think I see a lot of people argue all the time about NBA versus NFL. I think the one thing you can't really argue, though, or at least in my opinion, is the NFL draft is just way better because after pick 12, 15, I don't really care about the NBA draft after that. It's kind of just whatever to me. But in the fourth, fifth round, I'm still watching, like, paying attention closely to the NFL draft because you could still get – there's plenty of Hall of Famers that have come from – I mean, literally the greatest player of all time was the 199th pick. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, Jordan, you are a Cowboys fan, and we all saw Dak um, got what he's worth. He's probably even yep. worth more, you know, because, like, we as people, we shouldn't judge how much a, a black athlete is worth in this in this NFL especially in the NFL. Um, you guys have the 10th pick. Do you guys want to draft a weapon for Dak or do you want to build, continue to build the O-line? Like, what do, who do you want at 10? Uh, personally, I'm joining bandwagon as most Cowboys fans have and as most mock drafts have. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Patrick Sertan from uh, Alabama. Okay. Well, it's Patrick Sertan Jr. Let me be, let me be clear on that because yeah. Dad played in the NFL. But um, you know, because right now corner is a really bad need. I don't think Dak needs a weapon. I think if Dak comes back mobile, somewhat to as mobile as he can be compared to what like as he was like last season. You know, if he could still move around in the pocket, then I don't see O line as something that's necessary at ten. I think that's more of a second round, third round kind of move. Okay. Um, because if you keep Patrick Sertan at uh, at corner, because we have gaping holes at corner, because some little team from Miami decided to sign Byron Jones, <laughs> um, and you respect, and left us and left us really like scraping. And last year we were one of the worst defenses in the league, you know. So to have us like this uh, and to have it like so now we signed Keanu Neal. Okay, we sign uh, the safety from Detroit. I, I keep forgetting his name. I keep forgetting his name. I keep forgetting his name. Yeah, I don't remember. But we signed a safety from the Lions, and we signed Keanu Neal, so that strengthens the safety help. But corners, are we really going out there with uh, Diggs' cousin and, and Chidobe Awuzie? Are we really <laughs> going out there with those two? Ra- like, no? really? Like, Dick. 
So I think it was Jaron Kears, the guy that the Cowboys signed. Yeah, it was. And um, like my thing is we're sitting here like relying on, you know, now don't get me wrong. Trayvon Diggs, I think he's I think he's OK. He had a good rookie season. But okay. my thing is you can't keep relying on these super young corners. You really need experience like teams that are like the Rams. OK, the Rams are phenomenal for what? Like they are, they, they look like they're an average team going into last season, like nine and seven, eight and eight. Right. And they come in and they actually do halfway decent. And here they go into the playoffs and they made it to the second round of the playoffs, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, we need corners. We need corners. We don't have, we have enough receivers. I promise you, we have enough receivers. <laughs> yeah, we have Amari Cooper at hundred mil. We have Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's a beautiful number two. I love Michael Gallup. I'll easily trade him for Odell, but that's a story for a different day. Um, <laughs> was a guy that drafted Michael Gallup, but CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Oh my goodness, the, Lamb. The yes, versatility of CD yeah. Lamb. When we picked CD Lamb last year, I was in shock. I was personally in shock that he even dropped that far. Me the too. I thought he was gonna go way earlier. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like when, he, like the way he can run, he can also be like a running, like a you know a running weapon that could surprise a defense and just turn around quick jet sweep. And then all of a sudden he's running around, you know, running around the old line and he has the ball mm -hmm. and everybody's confused. Like his speed is amazing. His hands. Good. His hands are good. <laughs> he had a little iffy. He got me a little iffy when Dak went down, but he, he was really good. And especially the five games that he, uh, that he played with Dak uh, last season um, up until, you know, the giants had to go and break his leg. Um I loved everything that uh, I saw from CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott together in Mike McCarthy's offense. If people want to say it's um, – what's his name? The old quarterback from uh, Boise. Oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? Our OC. Our technical OC. But I think he just sits there and, like, yeah, yeah. his thumbs. Okay, really Mike so McCarthy. right now it is March 30th, 9.27 p.m. Are the Cowboys making the playoffs, yes or no? I can answer that question after the draft more accurately. Yeah. Okay. Right now I would say yes. Okay. Right now I would definitely say yes. If they pick the right pieces, because Dallas always does this, where they where you think you know what they're gonna do, and then someone else surprises you. Like I didn't expect CD last year. I we were gonna go corner last year. Okay. I mean, y'all got in the we second round, which was Trayvon. I mean, you said he's okay, but yeah, he, it, it, for a second like round pick, it's okay though. Yeah, I don't like him starting, though. That's my I, I thing. That. I don't like him starting because, let's be real, most of these receivers are running circles around. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the main thing is y'all just need to go defense because y'all's defense was struggling last yeah, year. Was, like, I think when, the, the problem, like, and if we don't get um, Sertan from Alabama, I'm totally okay with uh, the yeah. linebacker from. Oh, oh uh, Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. I'm oh, bro. I'm. I really like him. I'm cool with Mika Parsons if we do that because Landon Leighton Van Der Esk was a, a ghost last year. I don't. I didn't even remember <laughs> that he was. I barely remembered he was on the roster. Sean Lee is a dinosaur. So I'm completely cool if we want to go and get uh, Parsons out of out of Penn State because I feel like, like that kid can run. Yeah, that kid he, is really, he, really, really insane. good. He's, he loves Dallas as well. I remember he had a tweet from a while back where he was just like, uh, I plan to play in the stadium again or something. And it was oh, shoot. so it's meant to be. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. 
So mm-hmm. if we if we go if we go linebacker if we go uh, Parsons or if we go Sertan either one I'm happy at. Wait, so if uh, what's his name Horn the cornerback J C Horn, Horn or something yeah. like that J C Horn yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if he, if he was available at ten and so is Sertan would you rather have Sertan? I'd rather have Sertan. Okay, I was just checking to see. Interesting. Just because of Alabama, like I know the history of like well some Alabama corners end up being okay, and then yeah. some don't. Like I remember like D Milliner with the Jets, awful. God awful. <laughs> some positions I remember told, that name. Yeah. There, there were some positions I've been told from Alabama you just don't draft. One of them, Miami decided to do quarterback. Tell me one Alabama quarterback that panned out really, really well. I hope for Andres Mac Jones. Tua and Mac I hope that Mac well, hope he does. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I we'll hope see. For Mac Jones, but like Greg McElroy. No. And uh, who was it? McCarron, that, AJ McCarron. Yeah, AJ McCarron. Yeah, he. I think Texans actually have him or did have him, but he oh, never played. He never he just, panned out like no, he was yeah. at Bama. And then, because that's Saban. That's Saban for you. He makes you look like gold, but you're just mm-hmm. glitter. You know. Damn, that's so. a bar. Um, <laughs> Eric, obviously you're not a QB guru or a QB whisperer, but um, after Trevor Lawrence, who do you think is um the best QB in the draft? In your humble opinion. Oh, because like mm-hmm. a lot of QB, because you know on Twitter we see QB gurus, we see QB coaches, we see everything. Yeah. And once they, yeah, I haven't really, I actually, which is weird because considering how like heavy QBs are in this draft, like the first four could all be QBs, and then we have some that could go later in the first round. So I actually haven't like done hardly any research on QBs just because I'm like expecting the top four just to go how it's going to go, and then. I've like looked into layer, like I've looked at the receivers, I've looked at the corners, like Horn and certain. I've looked at all that more, but just based on what I'm saying, I see a lot of people saying that Zach Wilson is supposed to go second and then Justin Fields third. So I was talking with one of my friends, Cam Cameron, who was on the Super Bowl episode that we did that one time. And he, he talked about how he had been watching some of the Zach Wilson film. And then I went back and I watched some of it and I looked. I think Justin Fields impresses me more from what I've seen. But like I said, I'm I'm no expert on QBs. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, this person's going to end up there. I don't know. But I think if I had to say right now, I'd go Justin Fields, which okay. is good because he might he might go to San Francisco third. And I really like San Francisco. So I'd be happy to see him go there. OK, um, Jordan, do you have a, a concrete QB two in this draft? Uh, Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson. I also think Zach Wilson just because um, I saw his pro day. Uh, okay. Zach Wilson looked really good throwing the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Mobile, too. I like that. Uh, Justin Fields did really well today also. So it was kind of like – I was kind of – at first when I saw parts of his pro day, I was like, uh – and then I saw that, like – and then I'm like – I finally made an assessment. I'm like, you know what? I would trust Zach Wilson more because Zach Wilson has more of that kind of build. Like, yeah. um, you know, Justin Fields is what, six foot? And we do have a lot of good quarterbacks that are around Justin Fields' height. I mean, Drew Brees was one of, even though <laughs> that Drew Brees is the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> of all time. Nope. I, I genuinely the, the, the amount of records this man had that's a different discussion for a different day i'll just yeah. i really don't get how you listen I'm letting yeah, you cook. Unbiased. Drew Brees. To unbiased, no, i'm letting you unbiased. cook i'm letting you cook Drew Brees. but anyways beyond that um russell wilson who also andres isn't too big of a fan of keep cooking bro. but beyond that i think that people like there are some quarterbacks around field is height who do have that kind of uh capability of being very good 
um, and being successful in the league. I just don't know with uh, Justin Fields because you know that that earlier in the uh, in the post in the not postseason earlier in the off season when they were talking about Justin Fields and how he has this issue with just not really making a second read and always going mm-hmm. with his first read and never laying his eyes around. That's that's going to kill you, NFL. Receivers. That would kill you. Yeah. That would kill you because uh, essentially, no matter what team, especially if you go to the Jets, you have about maybe four to five seconds. <laughs> you, you, you're giving them too much time, like two or three maybe. <laughs> yeah. Jay, I'm giving the Jets a little bit too much time on that. Jets, Jets, Jets. But with a good line, maybe you have five, six seconds, but still always having one set. I've seen him go to a second. I've got, I've seen him go to a second option before watching Ohio State games, but it has become like where it's like you see so many times where it's like, wow, he really didn't even change from a first option and he went to a second and he, did, and he went to a second or a third. No, it's just like if he's looking at you, he will go to you. Yeah, and that's going to go to you. That's going to kill you in the league. Pass or fail. You need to have second, third, fourth options. You need to have reads. You need to have multiple options than just one person and saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to him because I like his route. <laughs> that doesn't always work. No. Has he ever played Madden? <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't always oh work. That's a, great, that's a great analogy, though, because it's true. Because, like, like the kids that don't play Madden, they just – it's never – they never run the ball. It's a Hail Mary every single play. Every time. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. It's just funny. Or it's a streak to Tyreek. Meanwhile, you're not watching. You're, you're not even sitting here watching Sammy Watkins. Well, Madden 21. This is before Sammy Watkins left. <laughs> so, like, uh, you're not watching Sammy Watkins run this slant route and he's wide open. You're too busy watching Tyreek Hill get triple covered. And then you're going <laughs> That is a perfect explanation of Madden, to be honest. Why would you not want to check your reads, bro? There's not. It, there's more than one option on the field. Go with that. And I really hope that Justin Fields can overcome. And, you know, if the Jets – because I know the Jets. The Jets are going Zach Wilson. At the end of the day yeah, – it, it, it seems pretty expected. I mean, That's what's uh, expected. Zach Wilson. Um, Sorry, so, two more things. So, the, the Texans' 17th game is against the Panthers. Eric, who's going to win that game? Short oh, story. not us. Not, not us. us. Okay. No. I, it, it literally, unless you said, like, maybe, like, the Jets – or maybe the Washington football team. Maybe I would have said Texans, but no, I, I'm not. Okay. Even Washington would beat us. I, I'm picking the other team. Jordan, the Cowboys are playing the Patriots. Who's winning that game? I, I don't know why they did, they had to do this. Oh, really yeah, that's rough. The division is in the bag. I really hope the division is in the bag because I've had history with New England. I don't like New England. <laughs> but um, And everything that New England's done this offseason – Everything New England has done this offseason, I promise you, Dallas is not winning this game. I, I can make a promise. Dallas is not beating New England. Okay. In New England? Is the game in New England or is it in Dallas? I think it's in New England, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in Gillette, wrap it up. Wrap it up as an L. If, if it's in Gillette, wrap it up as an L. It's done. The Cowboys are not winning that game at all. Okay. And if they win that game, I'll be shocked. With everything New England did this offseason – Oh my goodness! No. Um, we're playing the Giants, and obviously that's easy. Come on, fuck the Giants, but I I could yeah, see it okay. honestly. It, I don't know why, but like when when the Giants are good and the Knicks as well, sports are just like so much better. Like after you watch the last dance, you realize that like the Knicks being good is actually like good for the NBA, quote unquote. 
because like all this small market bullshit is just like it's pathetic to a certain extent would you guys agree with that like nobody wants to see milwaukee in the playoffs you know what i'm saying like obviously we all love giannis he's one of the best players in the nba but like milwaukee compared to like new york you know what i'm saying like seeing the msg sold out i hate eric you get it uh, we hate seeing Utah do well. I hate seeing Bro, it's... And, and, and Gobert do well because you know they're frauds. We we know they're frauds. I know. I was talking trash to a bunch of Jazz fans. I was like, it doesn't matter. If we have Harden on the team, we would beat y'all in the playoffs. Like, in it five. doesn't matter in who five. you surrounded Harden with. We're beating y'all in the playoffs. And then right when Harden got traded, I had so many Jazz fans coming at me. Oh, yeah, now, yeah. They knew. Oh, now it's good. Bro, come on. They knew what it was. It's like, just wait for me to get a shooting guard this draft. Right. No. Okay. Just wait for me to get a shooting and a guard. Decent we'll have- center, not even a good one. Like a decent center run PNR all game, and literally win. And then the last question about this topic, um, Eric, you're very fond of the Bears from a couple of your tweets. Um, when you saw that they signed Andy Dalton, yes. what was your initial reaction? <laughs> I don't really. I thought I'm they sorry, were gonna. Bro. Man, look, I thought they were gonna make a. I I like the Bears because one, I feel like the Bears are kind of like. The Knicks of basketball, I, 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 when they're good, it feels like football is just more. It feels more natural to me when the Bears are just good. I don't know why they just okay. feel like one of those teams. I'm. They had like the top defense a couple years ago. I really like Khalil Mack, and I'm. I like defense a lot. I like good defensive teams. I really enjoy watching. So I've just been a fan of them. I thought they were gonna make a big quarterback move, trade for someone. I was hoping they were gonna trade for Deshaun and just give us their entire future. It looks like Deshaun's not getting traded now. That's another topic, though. Um, I don't know. Andy Dalton is what you're doing. Like, what? It, it Bro, feels they like, had a trade I can't for remember. Russ, but he denied it. Bro, yeah. Like, do something. You've got to make a splash to try and, like, get your fans on board. Get it, Make the team on board. But you go and get Andy Dalton. What is that going to – like, that's not going to make you a, a contending team with that's Andy Dalton. what Andy Dalton did last year. Oh, oh, I was just about to say, you don't need to look any further to ask about Andy Dalton's productivity on a, on a decent football team. Because we were decent <laughs> before he came in. Oh, my Two God. Two three. And then he had to start. And then the, his first game against the Cardinals, Cardinals come and embarrass us on 18. Yeah, like, what did, what did they see in Andy Dalton last year that made them think, oh, yeah, he could be our guy? I don't know. What the heck were they? I don't know, bro. They could have done a lot. They had a lot of different things they could have done. And they had a lot of uh, that, draft capital, right? I think they have a decent amount. I think they have a few. Like, even if they only have their first-round picks, you got to trade your first-round picks to make big moves. And they didn't do it. Yeah. Like, Bro, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. All right. So moving on to our second topic of the day, the concept of rebuilding. Um, so every <laughs> on every episode, I cut Eric's ass because I somehow find a way to insult the Rockets, the Astros, or the Texans. This time around, he has some help because uh, my boy Jordan, he's a Rockets <laughs> fan, unfortunately. Now, Jordan, um, obviously – we see on Twitter that everyone is an NBA um, guru. Everyone knows everything. You can't see right from wrong. Um, I'm going to let you go first before I state my opinion. What is your concept of rebuilding, not just in sports, but in the NBA right now, from your perspective as a fan? Um, right now with rebuilding, I mean, well, a year ago, like the pandemic was tough. Like a year ago at this time, when you think about it, we were all like really in a weird situation with the pandemic. And it did affect even free agency and the draft. It affected a lot of things. Uh, Like 
so you, when you're re, like you know relying on these young kids to be the centerpiece of the future of your franchise and they can't really work out you just have to trust from the last time you saw them which might have been two months ago right so you're watching whether it be nfl nba you're watching like march Madness. there was no march madness last year so you're watching games from kids that were from months ago. So they don't, you don't really know workouts and how, the, how they're doing actually like working out. So you just kind of have to put your faith into them. You know what I mean? There weren't the same workouts. There weren't pro days last year. No, so, there was like know, nothing. It was rough. There was nothing. So you literally had to just rely on your instinct and say, I think he's still good. I think. You know, I think LaMelo Ball, I'm pretty sure LaMelo Ball is still good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, um, you know, for my case, C.D. Lamb. I'm pretty sure C.D. Lamb's still good, but he's, he's not. Yeah, well, he was, he was, he's not like, I mean, <laughs> not, CD, not CD, not CD. I love CD, but he wasn't good. He was okay last season. I love CD, but he was okay last season just because of when Dak went down, but beyond that. I think he has a chance to rebuild and get my trust again. Um, (laughs) But ultimately, like, when you look at some of these guys, it's like, dude, like, they weren't really that, you know, so yeah, you really have to put your faith into it. So the pandemic really affected rebuild in today's society to a a huge extent. Huge, 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 huge extent. So, um, but as for rebuild, like in the NBA, um, I, what I think genuinely this, like, to me, a rebuild is essentially just building the pieces together and just finally finding the future. And you had a past. So in order to rebuild, you had to have had something going for you in the past because it's called a rebuild, not a build. It is called rebuild. So you have to rebuild the team. So Houston, as soon as they made the move, to trade Harden out, I knew this was going to be a rebuild. I was like, we're not building around Karis LeVert, John Wall. This is initially before they traded LeVert to the Pacers. We're not building around Karis LeVert, John Wall, and and, and Karukas, you know, from the Nets, and we finally trade him away. Or, or, you know, I look at the rebuild now, like John Wall especially not. I was really wrong about John Wall, and I want to apologize Who's right? for Andre. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I just want to hear you say it. I just want to hear you say it. I thought John Wall was going to come back with a vengeance. I thought he was going to get, you know, I thought he was going to be really in his bag, and I really thought this was going to be a different John Wall with DeMarcus Cousins, but that was before James Harden got traded. Um, But I think, obviously, for the future, both of us, Eric, can probably agree that right now we're looking at Christian Wood. Yeah. Him and uh, KPJ kind of feel like two guys that were. And Christian Wood. And if you find a rookie that's good enough, Mm -hmm. we can be – halfway decent if we can find a rookie and then get a free agent yeah that that'd be the main thing like get a top three pick get like Cade or Suggs or even yeah. Mobley like I don't know if Mobley would be I don't, I don't know, know. Yeah, Mobley, yeah. He, he's one of those guys that his talent is just that good that if he's there at three I don't know if we could pass on him but I, I prefer Cade or Suggs yeah and, I'm, I'm like and then if we can get start with Cade uh Wood and then KPJ and even Tate, Jay Sean Tate. He's looking. Mm-hmm. I love Jay Sean Tate. Yeah. Uh, if we can have them and they get one good solid signing, we're a team that's completely different from different. this. Like, yeah, we instantly turned around. It's a new rebrand. Mm-hmm. You can get rid of John Wall. I honestly, I don't even know why 
why we still have John Wall. I'd love <laughs> He's to- helping the tank, I guess. I'd love John Wall to be traded, and then you add a first in there, a future first in there, and then trade that away. What? Not not a good pick. Trade like a, a you know like. Do we really need Portland? Do we really need Portland mm-hmm. first rounder? You know, twenty third pick or whatever it's going it, to be. It's going to be a playoff pick. So no, I don't yeah. need Portland's first rounder. Um, <laughs> but if we take Portland's pick and like John Wall, you don't think we could flip it for like a halfway decent player? Yeah, we could find something, and also it would probably open up a little more cash because yeah. his contract is huge. It, so for that level of production, yeah. Just give him to like, oh, and your point about like rebuilding, like you had to have been somewhere to rebuild. That's what was funny to me is when people were like talking about the uh, magic after they traded Vucevic and everyone's like, oh, they're going into a rebuild. They never had anything. From what they haven't been good since prime Dwight Howard. Yeah. Like it's been a decade since yeah. they've been that good. So the what Dwight are they Howard rebuilding the from their I said the same exact the thing when everybody's like, oh, they're rebuilding. I'm from like, what? There is not too much of a rebuild. No, I mean they haven't. Something. Like they haven't rebuilt anything in a decade. Like they've just been bad. They, it, it's simple as that. And the Timberwolves, I'm convinced they they're, could get bro, two straight they're, first They're not rebuilding. Not I don't even know what they're doing. That's not even a rebuild. Yeah, no That's one knows what they're doing. Bro, you're talking we, about the Wolves? You talking about the yes. Wolves? Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They and they said that they're talking about a, uh, what's it called? D'Angelo Russell and Cat are on the trade block now. Like. I don't know what they're doing. Can't but wait to see Cat on a different team. You can't put Cat on the trade block. You cannot put. He's Cat on. too like I don't know. They're just he is too good to good. be there, like Minnesota. But I mean, like you can't put Cat on. Maybe, Who's really like? Maybe he ends up in asking York, price man. for Cat. It's gonna be high. Asking, asking price, price for Cat is so through the roof. I can't think of a team not already a contender that's thinking that. We could get cat and we're willing to give up a lot or a team that's like borderline playoffs. That's mm-hmm. like, we love cat, but we can't really afford cat. Maybe Rockets need to try and put together something. To get to Maybe that's the start. There's Boston. a lot. We have to put together a lot. Yeah. Eric, you know that like when people look at you and they're like, oh, you have a lot going on for you. I want a huge chunk of those draft picks. I want some good, really? valuable players as well, because this isn't, this is Carl Anthony Towns. You know, this isn't a scrub center. This is a top three center in the league, you know? So Yeah, I, I, I can't, like, I can't imagine what their asking price is, but I feel like right when they, like, teams call them and are asking about Carl Anthony Towns, right when they say their asking price, that's going to end the phone call for a yeah. lot of teams because they're just not going to be able to cover it's it. It's going to be so unrealistic. There's yeah. no, there, there is no trade for Carl Anthony Towns. It's almost like there is no trade for, like, LeBron James. How many people would love LeBron? You're not getting LeBron through a trade. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns leaves Minnesota through trade. It'd have to be through free agency. That's a bold thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, but I genuinely think the Rockets um, – sorry if I'm, like, rambling no, a little bro. bit. No, 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 no. You're the guest. But, you keep cooking. But, the like, Houston my, – my thing with Houston is that Houston's rebuild does not have to be as hard as it is. Okay. I just think right now we have an inept owner – who is a dummy, a complete airhead. He has no, no ideas in his mind. I, with a passion, I hate Tillman. With a passion. <laughs> That's I, what I was saying. We could, uh, we let's throw we him got, in the We don't country. have hate in our hearts. We we everything up. Hearts. I love, listen, with all respect to Russell Westbrook, because yesterday he had one of the craziest games I've ever, like, I've ever seen with 20, 20 assists and 30, 30 and 20. Never I've never, a uh, triple-double with 20 assists. You're, that's crazy. 35, what, 35 and then 20 assists. 
Here you goes. Mr. Numbers has to, you know, kind of edit. I'm, it I'm sorry, bro. I'm the stats guy. But um, no, and I love that about you, Andres. But um, my thing is like the season after we get eliminated in the second round, Eric. I did not from with the Warriors, which that series to me still to this day, I really did not like anything about that series because game one, I think game one had a lot of issues in it. You know, the yeah, same. game one in um, 2019, I think that had a lot of this issues. This series just overall, it didn't feel good watching it. Like it was just. It was a blur. You need to tell me we're down 2-0. We come back. We tied up 2-2 and then we lose the next two. The whole thing, like, like the calls that they made in the first game of that, of that, I was really, really mad. Of that Bro, twenty eighteen game seven, that still oh, it haunts the me. it haunts like to this day. I still am not a over cut it, that bro. sore until the league ad- admits that they, you know, I, I can now I understand. Like I have a friend who's a Kings fan. Like now I understand the <laughs> yeah. See, like I don't want to. I don't like being that fan that just sits there and complains about calls because let's say Rockets did make a lot of dumb moves. Hey, hey, hey! Rockets did make a lot of dumb moves, but it feels like against the Warriors, for some reason, we just like even you remember that regular season game where Harden hit that crazy three yeah. when Durant literally took Was a out of bounds. His took a picnic foot, out of bounds. But is bro, completely out of bounds. He took like three it. steps walking out of bounds. The ref looked at it. Didn't call it. And, and I'm like, didn't say anything. at this point, that more so than even game seven, 20, more so than any moment, I was like, that ref literally has a bet on us to lose. Like, I, that, let me tell you something. That's the type of play that the Rockets have to put in game in and game out in order to get a fair game. That's what's ridiculous. so sad that you're not going to get fair calls towards you. You have to play against three superstars and the refs. You have to play against Clay. Okay, two superstars, a star, and two stars. Two superstars and two stars. Is that fair, Andres? Draymond and and Clay are stars? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, Steph, greatest shooter of all time. KD, like, everybody flip-flops between who's better, KD or LeBron. And and what's crazy is that people call LeBron, like, we all, well, some, uh, I call LeBron a GOAT. Uh, (laughs) But, like, for you to flip and flop between – Durant and KD. No, no, Durant. Durant and KD. Okay. Durant and, okay. Durant yeah. and LeBron. Durant and LeBron. Is, yeah. For you to flip-flop between Durant and LeBron, that should already tell you the level of, like, excellence that Kevin Durant plays with. That man is one of the best spot-up shooters I've ever seen, you know, mm-hmm. by far. That's ever touched the, a, a court in his entire life. I've, I've never seen someone seven foot pull up for like pull up so easily like Kevin Durant does. Pick you a spot and tell you I'm going to hit it right here. Yeah, I remember he did that to Clint Capella one year. I, I think it was against in tw- the 2018 series. He literally was like, like literally, it was just like anybody that wants it could come get it. We put Capella on him, and Capella gets embarrassed on the bro. It was Capella, and that was the most frustrating thing because I remember that series, and someone I don't remember who it was, but someone was randomly liking messages like some of my tweets from 2018 during that series, and I was tweeting about how Ariza was playing like really well, like pretty solid defense on uh on Durant and then they liked more of my tweets where I was like why is Capella guarding him and it was like I was getting so frustrated every time I got switched because it felt like Ariza was do- like playing solid as well as you can against KD and then anytime anyone else got switched on him it was like he was just able to score at will like it just so that's the thing the Warriors had the greatest shooter ever probably the second greatest shooter ever arguably the greatest scorer ever and then one of the best defenders ever and then don't forget the referees. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it can't was just, forget Scott Foster. 
I mean, that, 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 <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the words I, I just, would use. We gotta get it, it go. out. I, look, I finally have it's someone that can hard. share my pain. It really is hard. Scott Foster, and who's the other one that looks like a bean? The the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Why do I keep forgetting his name? I don't. Remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Brothers, Tony Brothers. Oh yes. my god, <laughs> Tony Brothers and Scott Foster. Oh my Yo. god! Literally, any time before a Rockets game, you'd literally be like, "Oh, Tony Brothers is roughing the game." I'm like, "All right, cool, we, we lost." lost. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Foster is roughing the game. It's like, "Oh, we really lost." This that was the funniest thing. There was stats that kept coming out, like the Rockets' record with Scott Foster refereeing the game was terrible, horrible. and there was also Chris Paul's record with Scott Foster refereeing the game horrible. He hadn't won one, so it was like, "Okay, so why the hell would you put him there in Game Seven? Like, how did what was the, the NBA games. thinking?" Of all games, that that was what frustrated me the most. Like, give us a a ref that doesn't have a clear like record against one of the teams, but they just ignored that and still picked him. And everyone, even people who hate the Rockets, even the announcers, was talking about, okay, well, that's clearly a foul. How is this? Not How is this I'll never forget happen? Chris Weber's reaction watching that game. Was I was so better when he was on mute. I was la- no. Here's the thing. Normally, I don't like Chris Weber, but I loved his input. Chris Weber and and um. Uh, Reggie Miller. I love both of their inputs. Yeah, on they, that need, game. they need to mute. I mute the TV whenever they're speaking. All right, all right, all right. All right. It's a better experience. But, but my thing about it, my thing about it was like at this time, like Andres. Normally, I do agree with you, but on this one, I was like, I really hope that, like, no, I really hope that, like, they actually like listen to what they're saying. Like, these are real life, like, Hall of Famers that are saying this is a foul. This mm-hmm. is a foul. Literally, Harden's jumping in the air. Clay comes up to his up in his space, and, and you're telling in his jumping in his landing area. Clay comes in, literally knocks him off off his feet. Not a foul. You, you Eric Gordon. Thing, no, let me tell you, Eric Gordon. I know which you know which one I'm talking about. He's driving to the lane. Bro, he and got sandwiched. Me, Draymond Green, and 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 who's the other one? And the. I don't, remember, I don't remember who the other player was, but I remember he went up and he, like, Bell, right as he was going up near Draymond Jordan slammed Bell. him from one side and he got slammed from behind, just got completely smushed in between both of them. No foul. No foul. That's, and, no. That's what I really oh, knew. Like, and my biggest space, thing is the landing space. I had a couple questions. The landing space. I was like, eh, I was like, you know what? I'll let it slide. But the sandwich absolutely not after that i was so obvious everything that happens in this game because and and here's the thing i don't want to sit here complaining like we've already complained enough so i don't want to keep going just for the next hour and take up the whole podcast but one thing i do want to say is it's funny how the whole landing space there was at least like three times throughout that game where they were in our landing space when we came down from a shot and now if that happens in today's league you see that be called a flagrant a lot of times, and we don't even get a common foul. In a heartbeat. So it's a heartbeat. It, the the difference is ridiculous, and also, and I agree with this to a certain part. Is a lot of people are like, well, it's their fault for missing twenty seven straight threes. I agree. We should have made adjustments. We I kind of blame the that. But Harden did make a three that they waved off. Like, the and one. The he made and an one. one three that they waved the off. And one. I know exactly. That was the one that Clay knocked them off. Yes, he hit his arm and it went in before the ball could even. Like what? How so do you wave it off? Literally, it's a follow-through shot. That's basketball. That's the rules. You're telling me now all of a sudden the rules change. I understand to some degree they some they sometimes let it play on. But if mm-hmm. you're gonna call a foul there, you're gonna call the correct foul. 
what you're not calling a reach in foul on that or he grabbed his arm. No, you was, call a foul through. That's a, a shooting one. foul. Harden has done that how many times in the in that regular season? A lot. I know. It, 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 like he he's always done that. And I I get a lot of people are like, oh well, in the playoffs it's tougher to get calls. That doesn't mean that, the refs can just foul, swallow though. their whistles and not yeah. call anything. If it's a foul, it's a foul. It's a you foul. can't watch Eric Gordon drive up, get hit on both <laughs> arms, get hit in his waist. And not call a foul like that at that point, you're and the worst part is this is the last thing you remember the illegal screen, too. And it happened right, yeah, it's like Scott two Foster. or three of them. Yeah, it was, it was so frustrating. And Scott Foster's literally watching it happen, doesn't yeah. call anything. And the last thing I want to say that really frustrates me about the NBA's whole name, just about everything, is a ref can have a horrible game, make 15 wrong calls. A player in the post game could say, "I just didn't really agree with a lot of calls. I thought it was a bad yeah, game," and he gets fined, and there, nothing happens to the ref. The NBA is complete shit when it comes to punishing their refs. They don't do anything about them. They that's why Joey Crawford. Why was that man a ref for so many years? He was terrible. Like, bro, the, it's just the NBA needs to fix that because they punish their players for saying anything and speaking up. And they're just supposed to sit there and let the refs ruin games for them. It, it's never made sense to me. It's not fair to the refs in what way? And what, they're the ones that screwed up. Yeah. Sorry we had to get so off topic. Yeah. About the whole, uh, rebuild. I finally, have a, I finally had someone who could share my pain. Yeah, no, I, I know the pain. Because, I, I listen, I've, I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. To the points where, like, I, when I first met Andres and I started ranting to him, he was like, no, nah, just go off. Just go off. Let <laughs> it out. Let it all out. But oh. um, but yeah, going back to the rebuild, um, I honestly think <laughs> Rockets got some balls. Oh, I think the Rockets rebuild would be easier if we had at least Daryl Morey. I think the rebuild would be ten times easier if we had Morey again. I do now, say I do like some of the moves Stone. Stone has made, though. I do like some of the moves, but he's made some questionable ones too. But how many moves did we really look at? Uh, did we really look at Morey that Morey wanted? Not that you know, not Tillman yeah. wanted that Maury wanted because the rust yeah. the rust for CP3 was all Tillman. Yeah, that trade and that the, my biggest thing about that is I still thought Chris Paul, like he did have a bad season. There's no like two ways around it. He didn't have a great season. Yeah. But first off, we traded for Russ, which in my eyes wasn't even if it was an upgrade, which I'm not even sure it was, it wasn't a big upgrade. And we traded, like, what, two first-round picks and two pick swaps? Like, we just gave them everything. And then Chris Paul comes back and has a great season. And the most frustrating thing is Chris Paul clearly wasn't healthy throughout 2019. Like, he mm-hmm. was battling some injuries and stuff. And we still went toe-to-toe with the Warriors in 2019. And every single game was decided by single digits. And we decide, ah, oh, no, we weren't even close. Let's just trade him. Why not run it back? Like, we're if it was truly that Harden and CP3 were not getting along that much, then okay. But if there wasn't that many internal issues and you still decide to just kind of blow it up, then it doesn't make sense to me. And I do blame Tillman. I'm not a fan of him, so. I mean, like, at all. We made it to the semis last year, and we got out in five. We won game one, and we were out four, and then we got swept for the rest of it. The year before yeah. we 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 play the Warriors, look what happens. We like we made it to six games at least with the Warriors, with one of the best teams ever assembled of all time. You know, mm-hmm. the year before that, right? We make it to Game Seven with Chris Paul and James Harden. It's just it's frustrating. And I remember Tillman, one of my it's friends, Tillman. One of my, one of my friends goes to, or she did go to U of H, and I think the the Cougars basketball stadium is named after it's like the Fertitta stadium or whatever. And I remember I was like, man, that guy. And I was talking trash about him. And she was like, what do you mean? He's great. And I'm like, 
don't even come at me with and i started ranting about him and i was pissed about everything like he just he annoys me and i, I don't know any houston fans who really vouch for him like, this is what the, yeah no, no the only thing tillman for is great at is ruining basketball straight up like it's it's, it's, it's frustrating it, it, not even the golden nugget damn the golden <laughs> nugget. okay i'm talking like tillman it literally the only thing tillman is good at is ruining franchises that is the only thing he's good at we, damn golden nugget man texans and rockets i'm kind of struggling over here with owners we need to change uh, well the whole texan situation that's a whole different uh, yeah that could be a whole podcast of me just ranting about everything that's gone wrong there <laughs> And then the one thing we could do is trade Deshaun Watson for some future picks and everything. Well, that's clearly not going to happen anymore. So, and that's I don't know nobody, what we're going to do. And I uh, genuinely, in my personal, in my opinion, I don't think that's anyone's fault besides Deshaun Watson. Oh no, I agree. That's yeah, happened. that's the only person whose fault that is is Deshaun Watson. For you to be yeah. that weird, <laughs> I'm gonna let Andres get over. I'm yeah, gonna, go ahead, Andre. Sorry, we've been we've been going. You haven't even said a word hardly in like 15 minutes. It's, it's a Houston thing. Yeah, it's been about like 20 minutes now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to the concept of rebuilding, I feel like a lot of new NBA fans are like desperate with like a rebuild. Like, um, for example, I'm still old enough to remember when the Celtics Nets blockbuster trade went down, when they traded for um Garnett, Pierce, and um Jason Terry. Um at first. Everyone yeah, said that the trade, the Nets won it. But, like, even as a kid, like, you start to look at the age. And, like, Paul Pierce was aging. KG was aging. Deron Williams was aging. So, it didn't really make sense, right? So, <clears throat> the Celtics knew they weren't going to contend because, obviously, we had we were the best team in the NBA. And they were like, you know what? Why don't we just press the reset button? And Glenn Rivers didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. So, he said, you know what? I'm gone, too. So the Celtics accumulated a lot of picks and that resulted in Jalen Brown, who was an all-star this year, and Jason Tatum, who's played in a game seven. He's been one game away from the NBA finals as a rookie. And he was an all-star the last few years. He was a starter this year, whether KD was injured or not, he was a starter. You got to call a spade a spade. So regardless, when it comes to Rockets fans or NBA fans in general or MLB NFL fans, they shouldn't want a rebuild to do in two years or a year or even three years because a rebuild is like a long ass process. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. Like when you're a fan, you're not used to seeing your team lose every single year. Now, if you're a Wolves fan, sorry, Phil, if you're a Wolves fan, if you're a Kings fan, if you root for like all these teams that are stuck in mediocrity and they don't have a direction, then like you get tired. You should get tired of that. Like, um, mm-hmm. there was a moment where the Marlins, they weren't winning any more than 80 games. You know, they've been under 500 the last like 12 years until this year that they made the playoffs. And a lot of fans were pushing for the, why are we trading Stanton? Why are we trading Yelich? Why are we trading Ozuna? When you can't compete with that team, with those three guys and like the other pieces around them, then you should tell yourself, you know what? It's time to press the reset button. Like, let's make it happen. So when James Harden, was being ignored. He was literally ignored. Um, like we talked about this in the last episode, Eric. He had to cause a scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So nobody was taking him seriously. So he was like, you know what? Like, it's my turn to be serious and just come out of a press conference and just say, fuck it, we're not good enough. So Harden yeah, came that out. Was, I, right, that was Listen, he just that was hard to watch. That was sad. But he it was it was the it. truth though. Like you can't he, it, it worked for he, he it worked for his goal, what he wanted, it ended up working. So so like you can't blame organizations because like when it comes to all right 
So when it comes to six players, when it comes to LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph, Kawhi, um, Harden, and Giannis, you're not going to find a trade that makes you say, holy shit, we won the trade, because these are like the best players in the NBA today. So regardless of the deal, whether you like it or not, you're going to quote unquote lose the trade. So when it comes to Rockets fans, the people that um, don't like rebuilds, just asking you to be more patient. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Eric has said, and he's been cooking when he says this, the Nets could literally win one chip from now until 2023. And in 2023, um, the big three is eligible for free agency. Maybe Kyrie retires and the other two just go elsewhere or something. So you can't judge a trade. What are we, 35 days after it happens? Like, Bro, it's so frustrating. You see, now my thing with winning or losing with big players like that is that we clearly lost. See, my thing is, if we had a trade with Philly, okay, and we traded with Philly instead and got Ben Simmons and, uh, let's say, uh, Matisse Thibault and a couple other picks, that's less of a loss. Okay, but let me, let me put it to you this way. Let, let me, to play devil's advocate, let me put it to you this way. Ben Simmons is a top 20 player, right? So with Ben Simmons, you're winning games. With, with Ben Simmons, you're not in position to get Cade. So do you want Ben Simmons in a first-round exit? That, that's my main Cade? thing. That's my main thing because hypothetically, pretend we do end up getting the first overall pick in the draft and we get Cade Cunningham, who is supposed to be some generational player. He's supposed to turn franchise around. Well, that wouldn't have been possible if we did the deal with Philadelphia. We wouldn't be this bad. So it realistically, if we do get Cade, you kind of have to think, oh, well, that's kind of an asset we got from the Harden trade because we wouldn't have been able to get it without him. And then it goes back to the Harden, Kyrie, KD. All of their contracts end in 2023. Let's just say, and I'm not saying this is possible, they could all resign. But what if they all left and no one else is there really? And they're just bottom five team, bottom five team, bottom five team. And we get four straight top five picks. Who's going to be looking back in, let's just say, Brooklyn only wins one ring? Well, one is enough. That's a good trade for us. Like, one is and, yeah. and here's the thing, though. There's a realistic chance Brooklyn doesn't win a ring. I do think they will win a ring with this roster. But what if they go on and don't win a single ring? Well, then they – how they, do they, they necessarily the win not, the trade when they didn't do them. anything? Like, they yeah. didn't get – with a team like that with three of those three players and then you're also getting all this talent surrounded around them, you need to be winning a ring. And if you don't win a ring, then how can you realistically say – Yes, we traded away all those picks, but we did get James Harden. We made the final, so we won the trade. You didn't win the final, so it really doesn't matter. That's kind of my thinking on it. Let's wait till at least they win a ring, or let's wait to see where all of those picks end up. Because after it was clearly when we made it, it was a trade for the future. It was a trade for, oh, this is for rebuilding. This is for trade assets. So why after 40 games do you go back and just be like, yeah, they already lost. That's ridiculous. you got to give it time. It wasn't a trade meant for Rockets want to be contending in 2021. No, we knew what we were doing when we made the trade. Like, I I don't know. With the Ben Simmons thing, because if we do get Kate Cunningham, I'm going to go back to all those people saying the Ben Simmons thing and be like, well, this wouldn't have happened without that. So, really, it worked out better for us. Now, my thing is with drafts, I'm more like I, – I view drafts more like Daryl Morey does in a sense where it's like you'd much rather have a star that's already somewhat developed in the league because at least you know what they are. And yeah, but you know, Ben Simmons – But like you were saying, Cunningham, we could be getting um, – we could be getting like an Allen Iverson or we could be getting like a Brandon Roy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't really – But like you were saying, I think what we could do is – 
let's say we draft Cade or let's say we draft Suggs. Let, let's let's be on not the worst case because the worst case is we lose the pick and we don't get top four. Let's just say we get like the third pick, we get Suggs. Then we have Suggs, KPJ, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood. That's a solid four to kind of start with. Then you were talking about us going and getting a star. Well, we could go get a star in free agency because we'll have some cap space. What if we do get that star hypothetically? Then we have that star you're talking about. And, and now we have, we have great, interest. We can have interest in the – We in, have people who see the Rockets and they're like, oh, that could be a team I would want to go to. Yeah. That See, that's why I think it's too early to judge it because we don't know where the Rockets are going to be in two years, much less seven years, which – we'll still be getting picks from them in seven years. So, like, let's just wait and see. 40 games is way too early to be judging it for me. Amen. So, to the Rockets fans listening, um, be patient. And, I don't know, root for the Lakers, root for the Clippers, root for whoever you want to root if you really have a bad vendetta against Harden. Because, oh, and that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, a lot of grown-ass men are saying, hey, I like this version of James Harden. It's way better than the one in, in Houston. It's the same. You're watching the same James Harden. He even himself Harden. said, I haven't changed my play style. Like, bro, people, that more so than anything, more so than refs, more so than, oh, hating on the three and D or the three and layup style. This more so than anything is just making me realize people just don't like us and they are fine with anywhere like else because people hated James Harden. They couldn't stand that man. He goes somewhere else. Plays the same way, regardless of what you want to say. If he does, he even says he plays the same way, and you instantly love him. Just say you hate Houston and move on with your day. Don't sit here and try and pretend it's something that is not. That's just the most frustrating thing about it. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's really funny. Um, moving on to our last topic of the night. Um, it's the most important topic that we've covered on here at the Sports Fellas. Um, this is episode twelve. We're like three months in since we started our first one. Um, if you live under a rock, if you're not, a, if you don't follow sports, if you don't follow TV, if you don't like, if you're disconnected from the world and you don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, um, 19 women have come out and tried to tell their story on what happened on being um, sexually assaulted, possibly like there's rumors going on. That they're um, and like they're not victims. If if these allegations are true, they're survivors. I feel like when it comes to this topic, there's a, there's a huge vocabulary that has to be said, and people need to um, learn to choose their words wisely because they can and the words can like affect the wrong person, and they could maybe be like mm-hmm. mentally traumatized. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to like take pictures for social media. They don't want to do anything. So when it comes to addressing a serious topic like sexual assault, you have to be aware of what you're saying and what comes out of your mouth. Because the moment you say it, like it's out in the world and that's it. That's all that happened. Can't take it back. Yeah. When it comes to Deshaun Watson, Eric doesn't know Deshaun Watson. Jordan doesn't know Deshaun Watson. I don't know Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of people in this world, in the United States of America and other parts of the world that follow football that don't know Deshaun Watson. If these survivors are brave enough to tell their story and he's guilty, why would you say that, oh, Deshaun Watson is not that kind of person? Like, you don't know him. And maybe I'm taking words from Eric because he said this on his Twitter like four or five times. I'm sorry for quoting you. Um, You don't know Deshaun Watson. So you can't assume who he is as a person because you don't know him. You don't live with him. You haven't encountered him. So maybe – Player A is a star player in, in any given sport. 
but behind the scenes, he's a jackass. And that's the word I have to use. He's a jackass. It's like call a spade a spade. <clears throat> the problem with the Deshaun Watson case is that even if one of these females is like he's found guilty and the other 18 are found not guilty, people are going to say all these 18 women tried to take him down instead of saying, wow, he, he sexually assaulted one because of the ratio, whatever you want to call it. So that's not the way we are supposed to be living in. And unfortunately, that's the way society treats women and men as a whole. Like whenever these women come out and tell their story, it's always there's no way that happened. Um, that's my boy. That's my friend. My 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 friend would never do that. He's not capable of doing that. And that's why the hashtag um, not all guys started, which is very fucking pathetic. Very fucking stupid. I don't know why it started, but it's just like you're so missing dumb. the point of what's going on. So if you or you know a friend that has been sexually assaulted and is a survivor and doesn't have like anyone to believe them, you should encourage that person to tell their story, but you shouldn't tell them when they should tell their story because people that have been people that have been sexually assaulted maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, and we don't know about it. And they still haven't told their story. Maybe there's grandpas, there's parents that have been sexually assaulted and they still haven't told their story because they're not brave enough. They don't want to say it. It's a sensitive topic. No one's going to believe them. So when it comes to I wouldn't the, say brave. That's the only, I wouldn't say brave enough. I would say that no, a lot of brave. a lot of women aren't brave enough because they feel like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna believe them. Like look at the look at yeah. like look at like the, the Sean Watson case is like a perfect example. You got a lot of grown ass men and women, not not so much women, more men. I don't want to be very sexist, but more so men than women that are saying that this is false. Deshaun is a great guy. He threw for 4,900 yards last year. Um, like the, Texans, the Texans are trying to throw him under the bus. Why is this story coming out now? They're out to get him. Um, with that being said, um, Jordan, since you're a guest today, what are your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson situation? I believe every woman that accuses Deshaun Watson of sexual assault. Uh, I feel like many women well every woman that i know uh in my like most of the women i know in my life uh, have been sexually assaulted in their lives before um what's crazy is like as men we sit here and you know we we know that if if we know that we're not you know like that we also have to be in part to call it out and to stop it and to sit there and to invalidate anything that all of those women had to say just because the lawyer lived, uh, you know, because the lawyer lived next to Bob, right? Yeah. So that doesn't mean anything. But at the same time, then I would just encourage them, ask them what I would encourage them to ask themselves, what does that woman gain from saying that on Deshaun Watson? So then what? He doesn't play in the league and then he gets cut. Do you really, do you re, like, wouldn't the Texans want to trade Deshaun Watson so then they can get something? Wouldn't it, they it just want to trade sense. him? Wouldn't they want to trade him to get assets? Because if it's somebody that doesn't want to be here, it's not like James Harden wanted out of Houston and then all of a sudden accusations came out on him. So, like, to think that, like, you know, just because, oh, they live next to Bob and, you know, um, now he wants out. So then that must mean that they're lying. There's way too much. Listen, it doesn't even matter. I think one is enough for too much smoke to be around for there yep. to not be fire. Yep. 
for you to sit there and to think that Deshaun Watson at this point and the detail, I don't know if you read the, uh, I think it was sports illustrated uh, story uh, regarding like one of the, one of, well, someone who had been sexually harassed by him, but is not one of the 19 accusers. That's the thing like in detail. There's people who there's also other women that are doing it who aren't trying to like actively do that. So if one of your reasonings of why you think it's not real is they're just trying to get money well, there's people who there's people who are doing it that aren't even like filing the lawsuit trying to get money from them. So what do they have to gain from it? They're just trying to get the word out to say, be careful, this is happening, we need to bring it to light. This, this so the part. whole money argument doesn't even work with some of these people because they're not doing that. So and, and Andres, what's even funnier is that sometimes you don't even know your own friends. Who really sits down and knows Deshaun Watson, maybe better than Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson knows who he is. No matter how much he tries to sway it this way, sway it that way, there's no way that woman told that serious of a story. And most of the stories sound similar of this thrusting in the air and this really detailed graphic images where you're making these people, where, where you're making these women feel so uncomfortable. It's disgusting. You're sitting there like going in for massages without clothes which is already awkward enough, and then making gestures and, and comments about your your uh, groin area. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. I believe every one of those women, to be honest with you, I'd rather not see Deshaun Watson's face anymore. Like, it really is as disappointing as it is. It is so pathetic that this man would resort to something like this. And to have 19 women come out and to say that this man did that to them, it shows the level of uh, privilege that athletes think that they can get just because, oh, I make millions of dollars playing a sport. So now all of a sudden, all these people have to worship me. No, they don't. At the end of the day, it really like, it's sad, man. It really is pathetic. And Andres, I, show, I showed you, um, and it's unfortunate that this even has to happen in the world, let alone happen to, I know the statistic, the 96 or 97%, Mm -hmm. Yeah, 97%. Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't need to even read into that statistic. I believe it 100%. Because for like, I've witnessed this, I've witnessed sexual assaults happen before in front of my eyes. Sexual harassment happened like before in front of my eyes before. So that 97%, I completely believe without like a no drop of doubt, not not a little drop of doubt, none, zero. I believe that 100%. But like, I showed you the video, Andres. I sent you that TikTok of uh, Justin Bieber getting on that bus. Mm -hmm. Well, well, the, the kind of I don't know what to call it, the, the Sprinter van, whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call but, it. But um, yeah, like I saw Justin Bieber getting on this, and he literally before the door closes asked these reporters about, "Did you try to get a picture up her skirt?" And all everybody in the crowd, any paparazzi in the crowd, said, "No, no, 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 no. We didn't try to do that." And then you look at the tape again and you can clearly see a man's hand with a camera underneath Haley's skirt trying to get underneath. What are you doing? Oh, I was, if you even, don't even say he was trying to get the leg because what is the point of that? Yeah. Everything about it is pathetic. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. I don't even want to hear Deshaun Watson's name. It really is just. Uh, yeah, something. I just Really, I just want to come back to the last thing Andres was saying, though, about like, oh, people are like, well, just random 
18 year olds on Twitter who have never spoken a word to Deshaun Watson are saying, Oh, I just can't see him doing that. Yeah. You don't know him. What you see of Deshaun Watson is what he wants you to see. You're seeing that's why he has a PR team. He has stuff like that. That's why all celebrities have that. There's a certain side that they want you to see. That's their like media side. That's what they let everyone see. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You've never spoken a word to Deshaun. I haven't. Neither of y'all. We just, you can't sit there and say, I just can't see him doing that. What do you mean? What do you, how, how would you even be able to make that judgment? Because he dances on the football field and can throw a football well and can break a few tackles. You instantly think he's a good guy. That's the dumbest reasoning. And once people realize that, I think it'll be a lot safer of an environment for a lot of people. I think honestly that people just stop instantly dismissing these things just because, well, I think he's a good guy. You can't do that when there's 19 women that have come forward or 19 that have filed a lawsuit. There's more that have come forward than 19. It, you can't just keep ignoring it and saying, well, cause I think he's a good guy at that point. You're just making yourself look dumb and it's, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm just, I agree. I'm kind of, even as a Texans fan, all this dumb stuff, I'm just ready to be done seeing him. I wouldn't be surprised if he never touches the field again in the NFL, honestly. Like, I don't think he, if this, and I'm not going to sit here and like say, oh, well, there's a slight pause. If this all does come out to be true and all 19, one person, I don't care. He shouldn't see the field again. Like he just shouldn't. And the NFL needs to do something serious about it. But my thing is how much, like, really, when you think about it, somebody really hates Deshaun. 19 people hate Deshaun Watson that much and think it's that much of a come up to lie on the man's name. Now, I understand there have, yeah, sure. There are a a ton of uh, black men in history. There are some black men in history who've been falsely accused of things that they don't do, you know? But in this case, there is way too much smoke and any reason be what reason would 19 women come out against this man for mm-hmm. 19 women something mm-hmm. happened whether it be one whether it be all 19 personally i believe all 19 because i don't think that random people would just like i i'd like to believe the good in some people's hearts and not like that people are doing this as like a joke mm-hmm. you know because sexual sexual assault and uh, sexual harassment is not a joke so that's why I always got to give the benefit sexual of sexual harassment or not a joke. Say again? Like, like a lot of people also, like yeah, no, there is nothing. There is nothing called a joke about sexual harassment. At the end of the day, it's not funny. Sexual harassment, sexual assault, it's not funny. I think the, the so, perfect analogy that you had um, was the James Harden thing. Like, he caused a scene. He asked out in the worst way possible. Like, he had to do it. I'm not – listen, what James Harden did was wrong. What the Rockets did was wrong. Nobody, nobody's right in that scenario. James Harden, the way he asked out of his team was ridiculous. And you did not see a single person come out and say, James Harden sexually assaulted me. So these 19 women, what reason do they have to like lie? Or like, like we've been saying, Why? The Why? Minutes. if it's one, if it's four, if it's 10, if it's 19, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. We, it's just, it still happened. We live in a society where we want to give women power, you know, and we want to motivate women to be like public speakers and we want to motivate women to get the jobs that gentlemen get, quote unquote. And um, Eric Jordan, I don't know if you guys saw that the other day there was a Raptors broadcast and it was all women. Did you guys see that? No, I missed that. No. So the Raptors had a broadcast and it was all women. 
So we talk about all of these things to give women power and to go out and like be someone. Yet all these women are coming out to try to tell their story, try to get um, compassion, try to get like attention. And we're all sitting here saying, hey, Deshaun Watson can throw the ball 95 yards down the field. Like he's he's innocent. What are we doing? Top five quarterback in the league. As men, what are we doing? As a society, what are we doing? As human beings, what are we doing? And I know what people are going to say. People are going to be pessimistic and be like, oh, you shouldn't say that could be your daughter or that could be your girlfriend or that could be your mother or that could be your grandmother. But you know what? The reality or that could be your cousin. Or, But you know what? The reality is that it could be your sister. It could be your cousin. It could be your girlfriend's best friend. It could be your girlfriend's best friend friend. And regardless, we as men need to do better. As society, we need to do better. And the sad reality is that we're never going to be able to wake up in a world where women are safe to walk at night, to walk during the day, to work in, to be at work, be at, at their, like, imagine not being able to feel safe in the own place that you work at. Like, that's how bad, that's how, or, or some, or the people that you work with. Thank you, Jordan. Or the people that you work with, like, it's, it's disgusting. It's terrifying. And, you know, if you're a survivor, you know, God bless you and for being brave enough to tell your story. But otherwise, you don't know Deshaun Watson. He's a jackass. And like Jordan said, I don't want to hear anything more from him. But sorry, Jordan, to cut you off, but um, continue. Like, my thing is, like, I- I'm pretty sure the same thing happened for Bill Cosby because people held on to the Cosby show so dearly, nearly and dearly. People did the same thing with R. Kelly because he dropped uh, Ignition, the Ignition remix. You know, and you're sitting there and you're excusing their actions or you're saying, I couldn't imagine him doing this. Oh, uh, R. Kelly wouldn't do something like this. You really think that these women would be? Yes, I do think yes, that is I possible. Do yes. I do think that is possible. And there's a reason why R. Kelly is in jail. There's a reason why Bill Cosby is in jail right now, because these men are dangerous people and they should honestly rot there. Like whatever. I don't really care much. Like, listen. I don't really care much about Ignition Remix, to be honest with you. I haven't listened to it <laughs> since everything R. Kelly related yeah. came out. Um, R. Kelly stuff, I'm not watching R. Kelly stuff. I've never watched the Cosby show. I don't plan on ever watching the Cosby show. I can never see Bill Cosby's face the same way. Um, anybody who's like that in those kind of uh, decisions, I just can't I just can't get behind that. I really cannot get behind that. That's just – especially Deshaun Watson, I'm glad I don't have a jer- – well, if I had a jersey of Deshaun Watson, I would have burned it by now. Um, or I wouldn't even give it to, I wouldn't even give it to like charity. I really would not even give it to charity at all. Honestly, like I understand it's closed, but at the end of the day, what it represents, it's disgusting. So I really would have just, I would have just burned it. it. But like, we look at all these people and then we always say, oh, I don't see them doing this. And half the time, do you really know people? Like, do you really know what people do behind closed doors? I promise you, Drake had a line once. Okay, Andres, and I know you know, once I say the line, you're going to know the exact song. Meeting all my people, meeting all my heroes is like seeing how magic works. Emotionless. Drake. <laughs> meeting all my heroes is like seeing how magic works. It, by seeing magic, it ruins it. By meeting these heroes that you had, ruins it. Because now you see who they are. And seeing who they are as people, it really could sometimes be disturbing. And seeing something like Deshaun Watson, did I expect something like this to ever happen before it happened? No. But am I completely 
um, aware that something like this can possibly happen and most likely did happen, and I believe the survivors, yes, 100%. So at the end of the day, it's possible that you don't know this person. You don't know what they do behind closed doors because nobody knows what they do behind closed doors. The only person that knows about you most likely is yourself. No matter what lies you might tell yourself, at the end of the day, you know the actions that you do. So like for, for like, how can someone really justify that? How can someone really sit there and be like, oh, I know Andres. Andres would never do something like this. And then Andres does this or Andres never did or Andres did do this. And I'm like, well, I don't think Andres would ever do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just oh, in, not to in, use your name even in the, in, the, in the same not to use your name, Andres, in the same yeah. frame. And I kind of want to play devil's advocate just a little bit for people like if my lifelong friend, like that I've known since fourth grade, if this came out about him, I would be pretty thrown off, and I'd be like, no, I don't know about that. But, and I can kind of understand doing that about like a lifelong friend, but when enough evidence comes forward and you have to admit it, you can't keep defending them. But about some random person you've never met, that's when I really don't understand it. Like a lifelong friend, you're going to try and like, you're not going to want to see that that actually happened. But a random celebrity, what are you holding on to so tightly about a random celebrity is what I really just don't understand. I've never understood that. I don't understand that about anyone. Luckily, with all the evidence coming out, I've seen a lot more people start to finally like realize, oh, this probably happened. And then I, which is weird that that video of Deshaun Watson and Mia Khalifa like came back on Twitter oh, yeah, was, the other day. Yeah. And finally that made a lot of people be like, oh, maybe he really did do it. Why did it take that for you to realize it though? Like it took that for you to realize after everything, oh, maybe he is guilty. That's like that's kind of just making a joke out of it at that point. It's just making a joke out of it. The list of women that have been raped, sexually assaulted, or sexually harassed, I think the list of women like that actually that did happen to far outweighs like galaxies by galaxies. I mean, the amount that it outweighs, the names, the amount of names that are there under women that actually did fit those three definitely outweighs women that that um, falsely accused. You know what I mean? Yep. I think the falsely accused, uh, like you could probably you could probably count like genuinely, you could probably count how many women have falsely accused men and they didn't actually. But I think you would lose your count. Like it's it's a really huge number of women that have either been raped, sexually assaulted, or sexually harassed in some way, shape, or form that they wouldn't even know. That some some of them like they could have been sexually harassed, they wouldn't even know. That's what's crazy. Like catcalling, some women don't even hear the catcalling. That's sexual harassment. Like literally, you're like, hey, hey, what's going on? You know, you're so beautiful. It, it, like everything that you do, as you could tell from my poor catcalling, <laughs> I do not catcall, but. Like, hey, hey what's going on? You know, like just to do something pathetic like that, like, I mean, and then because they denied you and because they didn't give you the kind of sad, you know, the, the kind of uh, gratification that you're expecting, yeah. you think that women expect, uh, you know, you think that women owe you because you compliment them? Oh, you're very beautiful. Um, do you really need a thank, you know what I mean? Like, is a thank you really like, they don't owe you a thank you. They don't owe you anything at all, especially women that you don't know. They, they don't owe you jack. They don't owe you anything, Eric. You know, we're um, all old. Not, not to think, not, not to say that we do. No, <clears throat> not well. I, 
listen, Eric, I feel like I've known you for the past two hours. <laughs> um, and I like I don't think I I know everything about you. I clearly yeah. don't know anything. Andres, I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I can only speak for myself because we just literally debunked the whole, oh, but I know them. So like I can speak for myself when I say that I don't catcall. I do not expect anything from women. I don't think I'm owed anything from women. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I'd hope the same for you guys as well. But genuinely, it's just, it's it's really sad. That whole situation is just really disgusting. It just shows you that you really never know somebody. Eric, um, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, sir? Um, Just on the same topic, I just hope it, I hope it comes to like, I hope everyone realizes it soon and people can stop denying it. And I hope that it, it's never going to be completely like fixed. He can't go back and fix what he did, but I hope that it just, it's finally like the truth finally comes out about everything. That's what I'll say. I hope the truth finally comes out. Jordan, any final thoughts before we close this one out, sir? Fuck the Sean Watson. (laughs) True. Even as a Texans fan, I'm I'm fine if we never see him in a Texans jersey in NFL. I don't care. I'm fine if we don't see him like this. It, at this point, it's just ridiculous. Okay. Um, I feel like we we as men we need to do better, and you know maybe one day we can wake up in a world where women and men feel safe because men get sexually harassed too. But like I like we like I said at the beginning of this segment. Um, it's not all about men right now. Like it's about 19 women that we're talking about. 19, 15, 12, 1, 0, 2, 3, negative 5. It doesn't matter the amount of women. Um, these survivors, regardless, we should um, motivate them to tell their story because it's just not fair. And because like these are human beings too. They're not pieces of shit or they're like not, they're not less than us. Um, if you or anyone you know know someone has been sexually assaulted, um, give them compassion. Try to like talk to them and listen to them because hearing and listening are two different things. You know, maybe right now you're hearing this podcast, but you're not listening. Maybe you're not listening to half the shit we said in the last 90, 75, 80 minutes, whatever the fuck the length of the episode was. But you should listen. And listening is a key detail, especially when it comes to a sensitive topic like this. Like I said at the beginning of the segment, um, it's a very sensitive topic. Open up your ears and listen. And most of all, um, try to, you're not going to be able to experience what these women have been or men when they've been sexually assaulted, sexually harassed at work, at school, at their own job, like I said before. But you could be there for them and you could listen to them. Um, With that being said, Jordan, thank you for being on this important podcast. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Eric, I will talk to you soon. But for now, uh, stay safe. Continue to wear a mask and do not be a jackass to people. And I'll see you on the next on the next episode. Peace.